Ron. How's everybody doing today? It's good to see you. You know, each day is closer to spring. And uh, if you're a guest today, fill out your connection card. I got it upside down. But, uh, you know, and take it to the guest kiosk. You get a free t-shirt today. Um, if you uh, choose Jesus today and, and would like a CD, uh, you can get that as well there. Um, and all of those are free. Let's welcome our online crowd today. God bless you guys. Thanks so much uh, for being with us. We are in process. Ron and I are going to be meeting in the next few weeks, uh, hopefully the next week or two, and we're going to figure out how we can get the live stream on our website rather than just Facebook. And then so we're getting that stuff worked out, and Kids Town's got new curriculum, and they're growing and going to town with that, <laughs> pun intended. But uh, So it's, it's going to be a great, we're just going to watch God do what he does. And, you know, anything with God always flourishes. Isn't that amazing that God is amazing? Today I want to talk to you uh, just about where you sit and how to watch where you sit. I loved the praise team. Didn't they do a great job today? Man, that John on that one song, I like that version with John singing better than the one I hear on the radio. Uh, I just really enjoyed the anointing on that song today. Of course, he's got a shirt that says, Rock the Flock, on his shirt. I said, yeah, we can rock the flock or jam with the lamb. <laughs> so either way, it all works out good. But we are glad uh, to have you with us today. We're going to talk about the importance of where you sit so for um, something a little bit different than what I've done, I used to do this in the past, but uh, because we're referencing sitting, I'd like you all to stand as we read the word this morning, and then I'll sit you down in just a moment. Matthew 28, 1 through 6 says, Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, wouldn't you love to be that person, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, so anyway, uh, went out to visit the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. Now, it sounds like I'm getting ready to tell you about an Easter message, this is, but relax, that's not what this is about. It, it is pivotal in some of where our walk is, just about the reference of sitting, and I, that's what I want to bring to your attention. So I'm going to show you three thoughts today, but in verse 2, it says, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. Now, you know, I thought about that a little bit, and if you can picture an angel um, uh, you know, looking maybe all studly or something, or maybe, you know, I would do this doing a uh, dab. <laughs> no! Uh, my, if my son Zach was here, he's like, uh, Dad, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> what do I know? But uh, anything. He's doing something powerful. He just sits. But I want to suggest that when he's doing that, he is speaking how many knows body language really can talk without saying anything? So he's saying something. Now, he, he does some talking as well, but he's saying something just in what he is doing and the posture in which that he does it. And he's just not using words for all of it. So let's pray. 
Father, I ask God for your anointing. I already feel it on this platform. I know, Father, you have these wonderful people here. They could grab something that you want them to know, and they would take it with them, and Father, put it to use. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn, give your neighbor a high five, and have a seat. <laughs> Let me ask you while you're sitting, <clears throat> how'd, you, how'd you choose your seat today? I mean, you know, let me just, some people just come in and plop down. Oh, this is good. Other people are real strategic on how they sit uh, or where they sit. Uh, so guys, especially like for me, I need space. If, uh, if I'm going and sitting, I don't mind if Kim sits by me. Now, if I'm sitting in, in church and one of you all sit beside me, you're like, oh, he doesn't like that. Don't take this for more than what I'm trying to tell you. But if we're going to a, we're going to a movie, I expect Kim to sit beside me. She, she always sits beside me. I sit beside her. And if it's your kids or your family, you sit beside each other. But that isn't always... Guys and girls kind of view things different. Now, I went to uh, movies with Scott where I said, well, he's probably out again. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, we decided to go to a movie one time, Scott the Head Usher, and, uh, and so his daughter Addie is younger than my daughter Maddie, but Maddie said, sure, I'll go, and, and so her and Addie were friends, and those girls, they sat together right next to each other, <laughs> you know, and you know, and me and Scott sat together, but we had a seat in between us. I'm good with that. I don't need to sit that close to Scott. You know, I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, you know, because strategically, uh, for me, that's, I feel comfortable. Hey, we, got, we put our coats in that chair between us or whatever. I'm okay with that. But girls look at some things a little different than that. But there are things that happen. If you go, let's say, to a movie theater and somebody has their seat or their shoes or their feet up on the seat in front of them, they're telling you without saying it, don't sit there. I'm using that seat, although you're thinking, that's not what that's for. Or if they put their coat over the chairs, they're saying something, don't sit there. So I would automatically not sit there. There are some people, God help them, that look for that and go, that's where I'm sitting. So where you sit yourself, if you have small kids, you might want to sit towards the back where you can get out to the restroom, most generally, they're going to have to use it probably when the previews are over. When the movie starts, I got to go. I told you to go before we, I didn't have to go then. I have to go now. So you're going to have to take them. There are people, even in church, uh, that will sit in the front row. Brave people. This is the splash row like in SeaWorld. You can get spit on sitting in the front row. I'll let you think about that for a minute. Don't think too hard. Um, but we don't sit in the front row at movies. Kim and I have been to uh, a movie one time, and if the theater was packed, and we got there late, and the only place to sit was the front row. Not good. You can't see the whole screen. You think you can, but to see everything, you've got to kind of do this. And for two hours, your head is like looking at seagulls in that position, and so when you're done, did you enjoy the movie? I don't know. I can't move my head. I mean, it's just, oh, it's uncomfortable. So we need to be strategic. Many of us are. When we, we go early, I, 
if I go to a movie, I like to see previews, and, and um, my kids and my wife will, I'm, I'm like I am on Sunday, I'm the same guy, I'm kind of animated, and I, sometimes I say things too loud, which I should probably be thinking them, but I say them. Anybody, you know, they'll show previews, and I will go, oh, we're going to see that, and everybody in that radius hears me say that. And then they show some other previews that are maybe like, I would never go, and I'm going, I'm not going to see that. And Kim's like, I know. We went to a movie recently, and there was somebody that needed something in the movie. Uh, she had a baby, and the baby needed milk. And I knew the guy in the movie that we just, you know, we were watching, he had just picked up some milk. And I turned to her, and I said, he has milk. She goes, I know. Be quiet. Just doesn't, you know. Anyway, but while I'm talking about, I'm just saying, when we sit somewhere, now she will go in and sit, uh, if it's not an epic movie, we'll, we'll usually go to the Marion Theater, because I don't have to drive very far, it's only five bucks, but some of those seats in there have been there since Moses, is what it seems like, you know, or, you know, we're trying to go, she's like, are you coming? I, I can, but my feet are stuck, I, I don't know. So, um, you know, but so she'll go and we'll go a little early, hopefully, and we can, you know, get the popcorn or whatever she wants. And, and then we sit in the seat, but she makes sure the seat's not broke. Nothing worse than sitting in there and didn't check, movie starts, and then your seat is, doesn't work. Or in her case, she's, you know, about five foot tall. Somebody with a big hat or big hair will sit right in front of her and she's like. So, you know, she picks those. She's strategic on that. I like sitting with her. So when we're talking this morning, I'm not really just talking as much about your tushy or your Rumpelstiltskin, your blessed assurance. I'm not talking about all that. I mean, that's part of choosing where you sit, but I'm talking about something else. So when we finally sit down, know that we're body, soul, and spirit. We're a triune being. I'm talking about more than just our physical act of sitting. So I got three thoughts for you today. The first one is this. When you sit, that's where your soul sits. When you sit, that's where your soul sits. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So think about this angel. Without saying a word, he's showing us something about where he's sitting. Now, a couple of reasons why you sit somewhere. There's the reason you sit. Maybe you're tired or you, know, you need to get your rest all along the journey or you're getting a seat before everybody else does. And the place of where you sit, depending on how to get out or quickly if you need to make an exit or whatever. But there's a lot of places in the Bible, as I looked at this, that talk about sitting or that form where it talks about he sat on the throne or where he sits or this or that. And, and so I started looking at this, and it says this, you know, he sits on the throne. Jesus sat down. Jonah sat under. And the list just goes on, and it talks about sitting and all of the symbolism. And that's what the Bible talks about. There's so much symbolism in the Bible, when it talks to sitting, it goes way deeper than just, again, sitting down. Look at 1 Kings 19, 3 and 4. Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah. He left his servant there. Then he went on alone in the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, the Lord said. He, I have had enough. Lord, he said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who've already died. So my point is this. 
this is he's Elijah. He's come. He's at a wilderness. He's traveled so far with a servant. He finally, he doesn't want the servant to be with him. Maybe he doesn't want him to see him in the state. I don't know. But he leaves him and he goes on. And now he is alone. He's in the wilderness, so to speak. Have you ever been in the wilderness? Where, you know, this is what he's saying. Elijah's fried. He's spent. He's at the end of his rope. He's done. I mean, he's like, I'm, I've had it. It's over. I can't take anymore. So I want us to look at something. Let's look about, we talked about where we choose to sit. The Bible means something if we look at it. How many knows that the Bible's deep? So as we look at it, we talk about, it says a broom bush is also a juniper tree. And it was common. In other words, there's, it's, you could see those a lot. They're, they're around in that area. But let's go further. Let's peel this onion back another layer, so to speak. Let's, let's look at this tree. So it brings us to our second thought this morning. You get to choose where you sit. You can choose where you sit. Now, Elijah chose to sit under that tree. Now, there's three things about a broom bush or a juniper tree I want to tell you this morning. Number one, it grows in a dry place. Are you in a dry place? You have to watch where you sit. Check your soul to see if you should even be sitting there. Because the enemy will wear you out and try to get you to plant yourself in a place that you don't need to be. And convince you you're too tired. You can't go on. Now, if you're a marathon runner, you know they have a thing that they say is called the wall. You hit the wall. And many people... Leave it at hitting the wall. But those that are athletes that know if you can push past the wall, you will get your second wind. Your body will recover and pull something of where you didn't think you had anything and take you the rest of the way. The enemy is a liar. And he will get you to sit where you don't need to sit in the dry place. Sometimes you feel like I'm being forced to sit here. Do you have a choice? Little first grader was in his class and the teacher said, I want everybody to sit down. And Billy stayed standing up. She said, young man, you will sit down. We are sitting down. Sit down. And he stayed standing up. She said, you will sit down. By the time I count to three or I'm getting the principal and you will have to go home and talk to your parents. So she said, one, two, and the kid sat down, and he raised his hand. She said, what is it, Billy? He said, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> Have you ever felt sometimes where you're in a situation where you are, feel like you, you have to sit, but inside you're like, I do not want to sit here. I do not want to plant myself here. The second thing about a broom bush or a juniper tree, it produces a bitter root. It's edible, but only in desperate situations, only as a last resort. If you were starving, you might eat this root. Now, when I grew up, my mom made me eat liver. I think they serve as an entree in hell. 
I do not like liver, never have. My lovely wife has never fixed liver or made me eat liver. And to this day, hallelujah. I do not like liver. And my mom would make us eat liver. I couldn't get down from the table until I cleaned my plate. Anybody here ever been members of the Clean Plate Club? And this is what I heard. Mom, I do not. This makes me sick. Starving people in China would be glad to eat that. Now you eat. And I said, send it to China. I'll give it to them. I'll raise the money for shipping. You eat it. But would I eat it again in extreme situations if it meant life or death and I needed it? I guess I would, but I did not like it. If, when I had to eat it, I drowned it in ketchup. I don't really have any other explanation for that. Job 30, verses 3 and 4 says, They are gaunt from poverty and hunger. They claw the dry ground in desolate wastelands. They pluck wild greens from among the bushes and eat from the roots of broom trees. If we allow ourselves to sit in places we should not sit, and we are not choosing those places, we begin to feed on things that are available in that area. You're sitting where you shouldn't sit, you will start eating what you shouldn't eat. Did you catch that? If you're sitting around negativity, you will start eating negativity. If you're sitting around gloom, despair, agony on me, oh, deep, dark depression, excessive misery, that's close. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Oh, you guys are good. But you will get what you are in that area. I mean, if that's where you choose to sit, you will be forced to eat from things that you don't like. Unforgiveness, bitterness. Because the things that you want are not there. Because you have to choose to sit somewhere to get those. Joshua says it this way, choose this day who you will serve. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I must choose. Life is in my mouth. Speak life. Here's the third thing about a broom bush. The twigs were used for binding because they're very pliable. It's kind of ironic that Elijah's sitting there with a tree that can represent things that could literally bind him. What's binding you today? What's stopping you? You have to watch where you sit. What are things that you're just like, I can't get past my past. It's got bigger than that. This person hurt me. It's got bigger than that. I can't forgive. It's got bigger than that. Verse 4 says, Elijah said, prayed that he might die. Now, I want you to understand in that verse, this is what it says, he sat under. If we went back to the angel at the tomb, the first scripture that we read, he rolled away the stone, and here's the difference. I want you to see it. He sat on. The angel sat on. Elijah sat under. On, under. The Greek word meaning for sit under is this, sit under. Just wanted to share that with you. The Greek word meaning for on, and I want you to see the difference, above, beyond, more than. 
Think about this angel now. I mean, the angel could have, he could have hovered. He could have did a Jedi thing. He could have just floated over the stone. He didn't. He sat on it. He sat on the very thing that the enemy was trying to use to cork and stop Jesus from coming out. His posture would be important. Let's just pretend. Let's say the angel goes to the stone, and let's say he sits like this. And the girls come by, and he does his best, his best Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Balboa. Hey, yo, what's up? How you doing? Because he is showing something in his posture. He's sitting on something. He's saying something. Do you see this? The very thing the enemy meant to stop Jesus, I'm sitting on top of it. Let me ask you this question. What has the enemy rolled in front of you that you've been under and not sitting on top? What has the enemy put in front of you that you can't see daylight because you are under it, but you should be on top of it? Well, Brad, it's so hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's greater in he that lives in me than he that's in the world. It's great. It's, I've got bigger stuff inside me. If you have Jesus, you have the answer. What circumstances are you facing? What issue are you facing? What insurmountable bill or health issue or whatever this is? Maybe it's relationship. I don't know what it is. But are you under it or on top of it? See, the devil's trying to roll everything in front of you. Stop you. He doesn't want your view to be what God sees and what he wants you to see. It's important for you to understand you get to choose to sit under your circumstances or on top of them. Under them or on top of them. Listen to me. You cannot do both. You cannot do both. So what the enemy has meant to bring defeat could be a seat. That'd be hard to beat. That's pretty neat. I'll quit. <laughs> well, I can't. <laughs> so here's a good... I want you to grab this nugget too. So where you choose to sit doesn't just affect you, but affects those that are closest to you as well. 2 Kings 10.30 says this, Nonetheless, the Lord said to Jehu, You've done well in following my instructions to destroy the family of Ahab. Therefore, your descendants will be kings of Israel down to the fourth generation. Four generations. If you choose to do what God says, if you choose to sit where God tells you to sit, four generations are going to be blessed at least from that. In other words, where you choose to sit, your kids will enjoy that blessing. Your spouse will enjoy that blessing. Your kids' kids, your grandkids will enjoy that blessing. Your grandbaby's grandkids and however, four generations. That's huge, man. That means people get to choose. As for me and my house, I choose the Lord. Because you decided to sit on top of addiction and not under it. 
your great-grandkids will be affected by that. Because you decided to put God first and first fruits and, and tithe, your great-grandkids, your kids, and your kids' kids' kids will be affected by that. Because you made the decision to be debt-free, your kids will be affected and your grandkids by that. Because you've decided to sit on it and not under it. If we're looking for an example, let's choose Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. He is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You need to know that Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He despised it. He didn't want to go. He knew what was awaiting him, but he knew why he came. The Bible just says he was able to endure it for the joy set before him. The path, the journey, the road, the walk, whatever you want to say. You can't always control what happens to you, but you can control what you choose to sit on or under. Remember, the battle was won on Golgotha when he went to the cross. But the choice was made in the garden. He won it when he carried it out, but he chose, I will carry this out. Not what I want, God, but what you want. When do we say, you know what, God, this is all about me, 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 me. It's never been about that. But God does love you, and he cares so much for you. That's why he sent his son. Remember, the game is won on the practice field, but played on game day. The Bible says now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. So when you're going through a rough time, maybe you've ever had, anybody ever have one of those days? You're on your way home, maybe from the office, from work, or the store. The grocery store can be a wonderful place to find tranquility. At the first of the month. Before you get to your house, before you get around those that you love the most, before you embrace those kids or your spouse, make the choice to sit on it and not under it. I grew up, how many grew up with happy days? Remember Fonzie? Fonzie would be like, hey, sit on it. That's a great phrase for this. The enemy's going to throw all kinds of stuff at you, but you got to sit on it. Nope, not, not doing that. I'm not going to sit under it, because then i got that whole broom bush thing going on. Don't need that. I'm going to sit on top of it, because God is bigger. I am more than a conqueror. Let's talk about saving seats. How many enjoy to save seats for people? I don't, I don't like saving seats to you. I like it when people save me seats. Look at you, selfish. I don't like saving seats. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't. But how many knows that you save seats, and if it's a nice event or a big event, somebody, right when it's time, before your person gets there, is going to try to take that seat. 
Many times. Not every time, but many times. So you have to deal with, I'm sorry. No, these seats are... You'll have coats over them. Kim will throw coats. And people will still... Are these seats saved? You want to go, no. We put our coats there because we just like to air our coats out. Yes, they're saved. I'm sorry, but of course you don't say that. It always happens like that. You have to almost pull a Forrest Gump. I'm sorry, these seats are saved. Psychologists call this the seat of emotions. You got three, well, you don't have three brains, but three aspects of your brain, you know, right, left, middle, whatever. But here's what they say. One is the survival aspect of your brain. Not much thought required. If you're breathing, that part's working. Second one is your logical brain. It makes the decisions. That's the kind of the um, executive skills type part. And the third is your emotional brain. That's where all your feelings sit. Decides, you know, how you're going to feel and all of that that's the psychological it's physical it's it's emotional so all the time your brains are are fighting you know when you're sleeping your brain is still working they even have sleep studies this is where your brain goes into deep sleep i'm not even going to touch that some of us i think have never came out of deep sleep when you're awake philippians 4 6 and 7 says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So we get to know peace when we know it's already done. According to Mark eleven twenty three and 24 and all that, that's one of, we love those scriptures. We, when we pray, we believe we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. If we believe God's word, it's already done. I don't have to worry. So let's just play this out in our mind if we're sitting in a movie theater Somebody comes in, the movie's starting, and they're trying to get by you, and they want to sit beside you. You can say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fear, you can't sit there. That seat's saved. Faith is going to sit there. Anxiety or stress or worry comes down. Seat's saved. Peace. Peace has got it. You've got to understand that we get to choose where we sit. We decide our emotions our thoughts and our minds. We can take control. The Bible says to grab those thoughts and make them be obedient to Christ. You settle it first by believing what the word says. You settle it. If that's what God said, that's what I believe. I had people get mad at me at Honda just because I believe this is what the Bible said. They'd say, explain all that. I'll explain part of it, but I don't know that. And you still believe it. That's what the Bible says, yeah. And they, you are, you are a moron. Well, okay, if that's what you want to call me, but I don't believe that. I would just believe because the Bible said. Now, you can say, well, you need, but then I'd go home and try to find out so that when I was a little more prepared next time, because you know we're going to have that conversation again. So when those things come creeping down the aisle, can't sit here. When fear says, because the enemy is a liar, this will never work out. You're always going to be this. This is what's going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. Don't let it sit beside you. Seat saved. The angel showed up and said, here's a place to sit on it and not under it. Choose to save seats for the right emotions. I'm going to say it one more time. Choose to save seats 
for the right emotions. Save them for the fruit of the Spirit. Good, kind, self-control. Start grabbing those. Joy. Here's our last thought for this morning. A seat has been saved for you. Seat saves means you don't have to actually be there on time. If you're running late from work and somebody's like, hey, I'll save you a seat. I'm not against saving seats. I just, you know, if I didn't have to, I'd rather not. But <clears throat> as I said, it's great to have somebody save a seat for you. But saving a seat. So, Brett, what are you telling me? I'm telling you that there has been a seat saved for you. Now, Pastor Gary is our headship, Gary and Drenda Cassie. They've been our headship ever since the inception of the church 14 years ago. It wasn't that long ago, and when I go to pastor's church, I usually go on a Saturday night because right now we don't have Saturday night service. We've got Sunday. Um, but I, I went there, and, and it was busy. I mean, I got there later than I like to go, and, and I usually go early enough, and there's up in the front, like in the front two rows, they have reserve signs. I almost always sit there. And that's where they, you know, they've asked me, you can, Pastor Brett, you can sit here, you know. But an usher, I'd never met this usher before. I walked in, and he said, how many? Now, you know, because he's ushering. You know, and I'm good with that, but, if, you know, it kind of feels like you're in a restaurant. How many? Four. Table or booth? No. <laughs> so we didn't get a booth, but anyway, I said, it's just me. And he said, okay. And he took me. And I was back in the one section, like third or fourth row from the end. And I, I did choose to sit on the end. And I didn't say anything. I wanted to sit up there. There were some seats up there, but they, again, have reserved. The rest of the place is pretty full. And I just didn't say anything. And so I sat down where he, you know, he said, here, you can sit right in this row. And I, so I chose the end seat. Another usher who was like one of their head ushers had saw me sitting there. And he comes up and he goes, hey, PB, what are you doing sitting here? I said, no, it's no big deal. I just, you know, came, I was running a little late, and the guy sat me here. So I said, oh, cool. He said, come on. So he took me up to the second row and sat me down. And so, you know, that was like service was just getting started. You know, music was playing. Everybody stands up like they do here, and, and it's getting, you know, and I was like, oh, man. Okay, pastor comes walking out, and he sees me. Now, again, I have no agenda. He comes over, and he looks at me, and he goes, and, and so I walk around to the front now, and he says, I want you to sit with me. Pastor Drind is not going to be here, and I want, you be, I want you beside me. And I said, okay. So, man, I'm like, yeah! I mean, inside. Now, pastor's just my friend. He's not a god to me or anything like that, and he can be watching this. He knows that. But I'm just, I'm very touched because this is what starts happening. When I first sat in the back, now I'm just being honest. When I first sat down and the guy sat down, Inside, I wanted to say, well, I, I, I normally sit up in the first two rows. But I'm not all that in a bag of chips. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a guy who puts on his pants like anybody. But the enemy is fighting with me. You see, you're nothing. Nobody, nobody cares about who you are. And, and wants to put it, and I'm not caring about that either, but yet he's trying. How many knows he's the father of lies? So he's trying to stir up stuff that doesn't even exist. But he's just messing with me. And, and how, you know, oh, this is da, da, da. you're not important. You sit here, and then the guy comes and says, I want to move you up there. So I'm thinking, huh, well, take that, devil. You know, so I kind of like that. Then I sit down there, and he starts again. He just felt guilty. And all this stuff was going through my mind and all this, and I'm trying to just shrug that off because 
I want to worship. Now, everybody's standing up. Music's playing and everything. Pastor comes out during first song or second song, and then he calls me up front. And the enemy starts, but this is what I'm trying to tell you that. This is what the Lord had to get me to, to, to hear. You know, in the midst of a lot of life, there's a lot of noise. And you don't always hear. You want to hear the right voice, don't you? But if you choose where you sit, think about the most prominent voice you're going to hear where you sit. If I'm sitting in the wrong place, it's going to be harder to hear the right voice in the wrong place. Not impossible. But if I'm sitting in the right place and chose that, I'm at peace and I'm ready and willing and able to listen. I'm not as desperate and trying to just clinch anything that comes my way and have to discern who's speaking. I didn't deserve to sit up in front. I didn't do anything to earn it. I mean, I'm not a bad person. I mean, but, you know, it's not like I'm like, I told the usher, hey, come here. Hey, you, come on. Because you treat me so good. Here's five bucks. Sit me somewhere nice, okay? I did nothing like that. I did nothing. I did nothing. And I'm sitting up by, you know, one of my best friends. I'm in this service. I remember texting my wife going, I'm sitting up. I mean, I normally sit up front, but I'm usually second row. And, and I'm good with that. But, I mean, pastor had just said, okay, come up here. And, you know, and, and he went up to get on a platform. He, you know, give me like a boom on, on my leg. I'm just like, it was like, like we were in the foxhole together. I was just like, man, that's awesome. This is what I'm telling you. The Lord spoke to me then, and although I'm saying I didn't do anything to deserve that, but because of my relationship with the father of that house, I got to sit where he asked. That brings me to this. There's a seat saved for you. Because of your relationship, not with me, with him, he has saved a seat for you. Now, if you're listening to me today and you're like, Brett, this whole God thing, I don't have a seat right now. I don't think he's, I'm telling you, you don't even have to know who Jesus is. He's already saved you a seat. He's already got it. He's already, this is so-and-so seat. And you can just put your name in there. He's already saved you a seat because he loves you that much. And right now, you might be seeing like, I'm clear back here in the nosebleed section. I'm way back here. I can't even hardly... And God is saying, come on, come on up here. Come on up here. But God, I, I don't need to be. I'm nobody. Come up here and sit with me. That's what he's saying. He saved you a seat because of that. Ephesians 2, 6 says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated, seated, seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Revelation 3.21, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. There is a seat saved for you. That blows my mind. We went and saw the last big epic Star Wars, the last Jedi, I think. Okay, Rise of Skywalker. That's how much I paid attention. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> paid attention I did. Mm. <laughs> so we go see it, and, and, and you go to the rave uh, because it was an epic movie. So when it's an epic movie, Kim's like, 
get me, you know, let's go to the red because they have those luxury leather-like, maybe they're pleather. I don't know what they are, but anyway, they're nice. And they recline. And they have a little tray. And they have a cup holder. We went to those movies. If it's not an action movie, not safe for me to sit in that movie because I will... Because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm feed her up and I'd be good. Honey, you're snoring. Everybody around me would be like, somebody shut that man up. But anyway, we're at this, we're at this movie theater and this, and you, this is what we did. She said, let's go to the movie. I said, okay. So she gets on her smartphone and she picked her seat. She got to choose where to sit. We choose three. So we, me, her, and Maddie went to that movie. So, you know, you got to see which ones were available. She picked those, chose those. We bought those, went in, got her tickets. We were already there. All we had to do is she plugged in some code or something, spit out the tickets, get the girl popcorn. Life is good as long as she's got M&Ms. Sweet and salty, you know. So... We go in, and so we're sitting there, and I mean, these seats are nice, and they're stadium kind of like nobody with a big hat or big head can sit in front of you, and you can still see the screen. I mean, it's, it's and it was, I don't know, five or seven bucks. It was a matinee, some kind. So we're like, this is awesome. You know, I'm sitting, it's, it's great. A lot of room and stuff. People like half dozen seats down are arguing with some other people. You're in my seat. No, you're in my seat. No, you're in my seat. No, you're in mine. And and so they go get the manager. And, you know, this is what's going through my mind. I'm sorry. I'm human. As Kim would say, human pastor. I'm a human. I'm thinking, can you please get this settled before the movie starts? Because you're killing the, the uh, you know, all the previews. And, uh, and so the manager comes up. And, you know, there's somebody that's louder than anybody else. It's in my seat. Doing whatever. And this is what I hear the manager say. Could you please check your ticket because all you have to do is look at your ticket and your ticket tells you your seat and it was quickly solved some people i think those people might have been sitting in the wrong seat but they weren't going to look at their ticket because the woman wanted them to they they're going to make her now here's the silly thing side note seats everywhere i mean one row two rows three rows down there's seats everywhere i mean we went to a matinee and there were plenty of seats in that. Now, most of us might have just been like, it's not a big deal. I can sit there just as easy. I mean, we're talking two feet or we're good. You guys be blessed or whatever. Oh, no, you've got my seat. So, Brett, what are you trying to tell me? This is what I'm trying to say. Some of us are sitting here today and some that are watching online are going, I don't think I've got a seat. My word to you today is check your ticket. You have a seat. God has already gotten you a reserved seat. So this morning, no matter what you're going through, have you been sitting under something? Is it time that you sat on top of it? Is it time instead of letting that thing push you in the ground and grind you till you're like Elijah and said, I'm done. I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Take advice from an angel that came and sat to Mary and the other Mary and said, yo, check it out. What the enemy meant for harm, 
I'll make good. That's what God says. He'll turn it into good. So if you bow your head and close your eyes, let me ask if there's somebody in the building or maybe you online,